If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm alright. And do you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm not sponsored by Robinson's yet, but right now, in my bottle that you can't see, you can see, but not, I can see. not, the, not the listeners, I have fruit and barley squash and it's not talked about enough. i I got to say... Big fan over here of an apple and mango, particularly the Tesco high juice. Amazing stuff. Had it all week work. Finished off the bottle, and I've not had time to go back and get any more. So no squash for me in work tomorrow. Uh, That's actually heartbreaking. But apart from squash, how how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, doing good. Always, always happy to see you. You know this. You know this by now actually could cry looking at your face. You look really cute right now with your little fro. It's it's cold in the UK right now. Guys. It's cold in, it's cold in the UK. We don't make enough money podcasting to put the heating on, so I have a shawl around me knitted by my grandmother. You look adorable, I have to say. Thank you. You too. Always. Don't. It's gonna get real emotional. <laughs> uh so I don't think we have any major pieces of admin up top this week. Other than another email. We have another email. And boy, is it an email. It's it's an email. Um, that made us cry. It did, genuinely. I, I saw it just slightly before down, about an hour before. Read it yeah. on my own. And burst into tears and had no one to share it with. Honestly, I read it to my partner and even he was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so lovely and we have also gained the consent of the sender to read yes. this out, just in case anybody wonders. So, it reads as follows. Hi, my name's Aubrey, and like you two, I absolutely adore Doctor Who and was searching for a new podcast to listen to, and I'm so glad you guys popped up on my For You page on TikTok. I've been listening all week and absolutely loving it. It's such a comfort listen to hear two people as much in love with the something as I am. Thank you for what you brought to us viewers, and especially me, a trans girl, college student, whose days are much better because of your podcast. Babe, Aubrey, 
Yeah, listen, you're now my new best friend. You have no say in the matter, we're best friends. That was, honestly, the two emails that we've gotten so far. Honestly, even knowing two people have just listened to our podcast and have sent this email, it means so much. Like, we cannot even express how much it means to us and, like, reading that we've been a bit of a comfort to you. Tears. Actual tears. No words. Except the words I just spoke. But apart from that, no words. No, it's incredibly beautiful and we're... I mean, we're so appreciative of any email correspondence that anybody sends to us. They don't have to be hyper-sentimental. Nope. But you can also make this a competition, see how much you can make us cry, because we do cry. This has set the bar quite high, I have to say. It, yeah, I don't think everyone's going to be this for a little while. But honestly, if you want to send us an email with an opinion you have on an episode, anything you'd like us to speak about, even if you don't want us to read it out and you want to send us something, whatever, literally anything, unless it's you mansplaining time travel to me, because I've had enough of that on TikTok this week, let me tell you. I've really had it. So if it's that, then you're not welcome. But anything else, come along, babe, for the ride. Send me email. Email is in the show notes as per. So get on it. Yeah, just get on it. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway. I think that's just, let's just get into the episode. Away with all the frivolities. Agreed. So today on the show we are talking about series two, episode three, Tooth and Claw. It's broadcast on the twenty second of April two thousand six. It was directed by Arus Lin. I am not one hundred percent sure that the pronunciation there is correct, but it's better than Euros. I have learned and I've become a better, more sought after broadcaster. And Aros is closer than Euros. Yeah, yeah fucking sort it out. Fucking hell, Elliot. It was written Jesus. by Russell T. Davies. I think I pronounced that one right. So, straight away, right up top, Danler, I know what Google thinks this episode's about. I know what IMDb thinks it's about. I know what you think it's about. God. Well, I'll tell you what it's about, babe. Strap yourself in, because it's a biggie. Am I stalling? Perhaps. I think what this episode is about is always having a very attractive guard with you who would be prepared to die for you at all times. Because that's important. That's something everyone needs in their life. A really attractive Scottish, emphasis on Scottish, soldier to protect you at all times. Is it because you fancy the captain? I fucking fancy that guy. And yes, he may be a walking red flag, but I don't give a shit. I... Genuinely, I watched this about an hour and a half ago and I don't think I could recall his face. <laughs> well, that's just rude. That, so that, that's my man. You're talking about my I'm man. I'm so sorry. That's actually so rude. Do you know what? It's fine. You're a traitor to the crown and it's fine. I think it's because I quite like the Lord of the House. Oh, what's his face? Yeah. That one. That one. That one. That one. But, but Elliot, babe, what do you think it's about? Uh, I think. Oh, wait, I don't care. Huh? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Hovering over the hangout button. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This episode, I think, is a a wonderful sage lesson in how uh, books, you know, the knowledge is power and books can be used as weapons. And sometimes it is better to use your brain than it is to use uh, your guns or or your fists or or perhaps some kind of sharp implement. Um, But also, don't forget. If a book is heavy enough, you can clobber someone with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> just saying, when it broke through the skylight, just hit it with an Encyclopedia Britannica yeah. werewolf ain't moving. Oh, also, I actually have something to add on to my, what I think it's about, segment. Uh, mistletoe isn't just useful for things, if you know what I mean. But also, just keep it on you, because you never know when there's... A wolf around. Never know when there's a wolf around. Never know when there's going to be a kiss around. If you get lucky, 
David Tennant might like you. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I thought that's where you were going with it, honestly. So straight away, up top, I'm going to come at you with a hot take. And it's the only hot take I have for the episode. So we're going to front oh, load really? it. Uh-huh. I hate the monks. Now here's the thing. Same. They're the stupidest thing on the planet. But also, I have a comment to make right up top, right there with you, going in. The main monk guy looks like Christopher Eccleston, and it always really confuses me. <laughs> Not he exactly. He does kind of. Yeah, but no, he I really can see it. Yeah. looks like Christopher Eccleston. Really, really does. Big Chris energy. Big Chris energy. Um, Something though that I just assume is an absolute assault on everything that you stand for as a human being is the woeful editing of the poor, poorly choreographed fighting. Girl, what was that? Oh my god! It's no, okay, listen, okay. listen, listen. You know that one slow mo shot? Mm-hmm. That's sick. Yeah. That was sick. I can't lie to you. That was sick. The rest of it? Well, they're just sort of spinning things at the camera. Uh, it's it's like it's not together. working, darling. It's not no. giving. No, 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 no. Literally, I'd be there, yeah, and they'd be like, you know, we're gonna take over the house, and you'd be like, well, I would be like, not on your Nelly. They'd be doing all this stuff, and while they're doing it, I'd just walk off and grab a gun. Yeah, one of the one of the many guns that we had earlier, that we have later. Sorry, not that I condone using guns. Can I just say, um, in this context, I do. I would have grabbed my gun while they were doing their whole choreography and just shot them all in the air one by one. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? I, I do. I think it's genuinely one of the most embarrassing moments in the TV show. <laughs> no, it really is. I, I Spoiler, I like this episode. Uh-huh. But this is not a good impression to make right at the start. It's not. It's just not... It's not giving. That whole bit is just not giving. It's just a bit silly and it doesn't really fit. It does it doesn't really fit. It's a bit silly. It's not giving. And I can sum it up in <laughs> <laughs> hearing you say it. <laughs> hearing repeating. you say it's not giving is giving. I was just repeating what you said. Do you need to do a cleaner take of that? No. No, no. No. Okay, all right. But I I think I can sum it up by saying this is why the show that you and I and thousands of other people in the UK RH have nostalgia for doesn't hold up. BBC's Robin Hood, because every fucking scene is edited like that. Great music, but every scene is edited like that. Richard Armitage in that series could get it. Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a good show. Did good things. I liked it. Really but good show. Doesn't hold up. So you say Robin Hood? Obviously, Sam Troughton was in that. Who was Patrick Troughton's grandson? I saw him in a play about a month ago. Uh, the oh yeah, I remember you saying uh, Closer. I watched him in Closer. Really, he's really great in person. I mean, of course he is. But there you go. Some docu Hugh news on the side. Anyway, going back. Going back, I think bad, but the setup is interesting. The setup is really interesting. Um, Getting all of the servants and the lady of the house shoved into a basement, and a man in a cage sat down there with them. It's very mysterious, it's very odd. If anything, it's kind of a power move because fuck the rich, you know? Yeah, they all, yeah. Well, I guess the lady. <laughs> no, 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 I mean. Fuck the rich, but what I'm thinking about is uh, only the lady of the house, really. All the servants down there don't deserve today. No, no, the, the servants, Flora, my girl Flora, come on. Oh, we're going to get onto Flora, I'm sure. We will get onto Flora. Um, do you know what we get a lot of in this episode? Again, Ten and Rose flirtathon. Oh, God, it's almost painful, it's actually, isn't it? It's actually a little bit unbearable at times, I'll be honest. Yeah, it'd be painful if it wasn't so sweet. No, but there are some times where I'm like, you guys are actually not reading the room here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a bit belligerent sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes it's very sweet. Not to, uh, not to jump ahead, but after they meet Queen Victoria and you get Rose and she's like, oh, we met Queen Victoria. And then 
the doctor's just like, yeah, yeah. She was sat there looking like a stamp. I was like, oh, yeah. that's very sweet. Uh, my favourite bit of flirting, uh, not going to lie. Not flirting, but like, you know, their cheekiness, their dynamic and everything, whatever, is when they've been chased by a literal werewolf. Rose has just watched a person get torn to pieces. Watch my man get torn to pieces, actually. My man. Your man. And she goes in the room and she's like... And he's like, are you all right? And she's like, I mean, werewolf. And he's like, I know. And she's like, oh my God. And they hug. And it's like, it's not the time or place. My man just died. He just got teared apart protecting you lot. I've had enough. Yeah, read the room. Read the room. Come on, Rose. However, I will say that I think that's one of those things that people often use as justification for reasons why they don't like Rose's character. They don't like Ten and Rose yeah. as a ship. But of yeah. course the whole point of them being so callous in this episode does serve story purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're meant to be unbearably chipper Yes. about everything that's going on because mm-hmm. it sets up story. Yeah. Anyway, to be fair, who wouldn't float with Billy Piper in that yeah. outfit? Again, welcome to... We're probably just going to make it a segment at this point. Welcome to analysing Rose Tyler's outfit. Um, this week, uh, we're going to talk about the iconic... I, I love the t-shirt underneath. That's an iconic moment. Yeah. Big well, boots. The fact, I, will, I will say, though, very on the nose with the crown on her shirt. Very on the nose. Yes. Um, obviously, they thought they were going to a gig, so... Fair. She's, dre- she's dressed for an injury on the Blockheads gig. It's so funny, because obviously they come out of the TARDIS at the start, and you get some of the most incredible comedy from the entire show's existence in this moment. Um, I will say I love how the Doctor decides to take on a Scottish accent. Obviously, they did it for David. You know, there was probably like a fun thing for David to do. They probably had a discussion about it. But then I think something about this episode, though, is that people always say, oh, it's the one where David gets to do his natural accent. But it's sort of a heightened version of his accent, which sounds like someone who speaks with an English accent, putting on a Scottish accent. And yeah, he also, yeah, has yeah. To, he also has to remember to drop his natural accent halfway through the episode for his affected accent, but has to pretend that's his natural accent. It's actually quite a lot of mental hoops to jump through. It really is, yeah. Like, it was hurting my brain. (laughs) It's so... It's so clever, and I think it was a really good idea, to be honest. I really liked it. Um, Also, just hearing him saying certain words, like when he said, nightmares, I was like, oh God, David, come on. There are children present. I mean, <laughs> all right, I'm I mean, going to yes, go. Yes, there. yes, me and you in 2006. Yeah, true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the plan originally was actually to have both uh, the Doctor and Rose affect Scottish accents and drop them halfway through the episode, like David Tennant does, Yeah. until they heard Billy Piper's actual Scottish accent, which just sounds basically like she does in the episode. Yeah. She's like, okay, I've been out in a boot. I've been out in a boot. <laughs> awful it's great but it's awful yeah but i think it is really fun and um my favorite is just i've been chasing this wee child over hill and over dale i can't do the accent please don't <laughs> laugh at me um isn't that right you timorous beastie <laughs> and of course the doctor affects the personality of dr james mccurman mm-hmm Cute little reference to my best friend, Jamie McCrewman. Yep. From the second Doctor run. Love Fraser Hines. Yep. Love me some, love me some Jamie McCrewman. Him and the second Doctor are... They're like the cool girl ship. Yes. If you ship Troughton and Hines, you're cool. Yeah. There's an episode where they hold hands. Oh. When I tell you, when we get to to the second Doctor, when we get to the classic series, I can almost put a bet on how much I'm gonna love Patrick Troughton. I just I'm telling you now. Him and Fraser Hines do have amazing chemistry. So fun facts: Fraser Hines not even Scottish. It's really? Yorkshire. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah. There you go. No, another tidbit from you. Another another little factoid. How do you feel? about Queen Victoria because obviously I do love it when they go back in time and they meet monarchs and like rulers and stuff I think that's really fun uh IRL or 
episode. In the episode. We can't be getting into IRL. We can't be getting into in real life. I was going to say, because this is going to be a long record. Yeah, no. It's purely in the episode. Purely the way the character is portrayed. The the character in the episode. I think that she's a character who I have probably actually experienced the most growth with through the show. Mm. Where I think for the longest time I would have just seen her as being an irritating villain and foil. Mm. But now... Someone I deeply empathise with. Yeah. And has incredibly poignant and philosophical views to add to the themes of the episode. I really like her in this. Do you know what I like? Because I quite like her as well. I like that they made her... Well, the fact that Russell wrote her to be so layered. And what I mean by that is... You think you like her, and then you're like, oh, no, she's actually quite rude. But then you're like, oh, actually, she's making a good point there. Ooh, that's a good point. Oh, don't know if I would have done that. Like, throughout the episode, I'm feeling six different emotions with her, and I love that shit. Um, I will say I love how sassy she is. That's my favourite thing. Yeah, and it's almost a, a send-up of historicals and something that Doctor Who then does go on to do and did do before, where they're trying just to get her to do I'm not amused. <laughs> yeah. It's not amusing, is it? <laughs> what you think of as Queen Victoria, but they're actually able to give her a very rich character um, arc in this yeah. story. Yeah, 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 I yeah. really love it. It's really good. And um, I quite like being... Un- someone being unattractive is subjective, obviously. And I love how they took that rumour about Queen Victoria being really ugly and all this stuff. And just, they could have gone fully with it and put someone in prosthetics and make her look really like like a gargoyle almost. But they didn't. They actually just got someone who looks very normal. Very small woman, which I, I she's very sweet, this actress who plays her. She's very small. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I'm glad they did that because I, d- I don't want them to do another female character dirty like they do in other shows. You know what I mean? So I'm actually not sure that you know, not for any reason other than I don't think the conversation's ever come up. I love werewolves. The imagery, the lore, the idea, I love it. It creeps me out. And this actually does really well with a lot of its werewolf stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The the guy in the, in the cage... Yes, oh God. ...shushing the servants oh. uh, as the queen and her guards sort of walk up above genuinely scary and the the, the black eyes and yeah. everything it's genuinely horrible I love werewolves I don't really know why because I, I don't believe in anything like that for a second but there's something about I don't know, the imagery and everything that I find really fascinating probably to do with watching The Prisoner of Azkaban as a child I was about to fucking say yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. this and The Prisoner of Azkaban on repeat. I'm a Remus Lupin fan. If he has a fan, I'm one of them. If he has one fan, it's me. Star Wolf is the ultimate ship and no one can tell me. Otherwise, read all the young dudes. That's all I'm going to say. We'll leave the Harry Potter chat there. Uh, to be fair, actually, his, his transformation in Prisoner of Azkaban is amazing. The it's camera, still great. The camera crash zooms in on the, the moon reflecting in his eyes and then comes out oh. and they're just black circles. It's... As he's panting. Such a stunning film. It is. Genuinely well made. Love Alfonso Cuaron in this podcast. Did you know that he actually wrote Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah, all the books. Yeah. All the books, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I think the wolf design is really, really good. Really, really good. The effects don't hold up, obviously. They don't hold mm. up. The wolf looks quite blurry, doesn't really fit in with the atmosphere too well. But the design of the actual werewolf is really good. And the guy in the cage... Now, again, if you listen to the podcast, you know this. I'm a wuss. And there's a few things in Doctor Who that really terrified me. The guy in the cage being one of them, he terrified me as a kid. I used to have to like fast-forward this bit. Like, the first time I watched it, I was, like, scarred for life. And then um, re-watching the episode, because I was still quite young, I had to keep fast-forwarding that bit. Hmm. And I'd always unpause it on when uh, the wolf... Because the wolf never actually really scared me, I'll be honest. It was always the guy in the cage that scared me more, which is actually quite interesting. 
it's I love it when they give dialogue to things that shouldn't be able to communicate. This is an alien that takes the form of a wolf that is communicating through sort of the pale, trembling body of like a scared little man. When people have words or the power behind their words that shouldn't naturally be coming from them, I think it does something with our minds and how we sort of look at Uncanny Valley things, and it's genuinely terrifying. It's why maybe an episode that's coming towards the end of this series is very, very good because a meek little scientist is given the powers of something, I mean, ungodly. Yeah. I know that scares the hell out of me. Yep. That's why the exorcist is so scary, right? Tiny eight-year-old girl with the powers of a demon. Horrifying. I only watched that film for the first time uh, a few months ago and genuinely horrifying. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Marin! Marin! <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolute big, big werewolf girly. Like the werewolf stuff in this episode. CGI, yeah. Design, pretty good. Not the most original werewolf design ever. However, obviously had an effect on me as a child because I had the action figure. I was about to ask you if you had it, you know. It's massive, the action figure. It's well. huge, it's huge. Because those are the Doctor Who ones are like six inch action figures, so then that's got to be that must be like eight inches to be taller than the other action it's figures. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah. In terms of so, the actual origins of the wolf. Mm-hmm. So it's still based in werewolf lore as we know it. Mm. Um. Again, I don't need anyone mansplaining werewolf lore to me either. So, just so you know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but the werewolf is actually an alien hmm. who took over a man. So I guess the alien race that is, that is the wolf spreads like a werewolf would, if that makes sense. Yeah, because the doctor says something about it being a microbe. Yeah. And it's spreading, and then that's what happens. Spoiler alert. Towards the end of the episode with Queen Victoria's bite. Yeah. With her not being a werewolf. But there being the gene yeah. and the little microbe thing it's passed down. Should only take about 100 years to ferment. Princess Anne. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like the way it works, I do think one bit that didn't quite... You could correct me on this. We're all about correcting each other. We're all about learning and educating ourselves. And again, not mansplaining things to people. Yeah. Yeah, so the werewolf law mm-hmm. the bit that you may need to correct me on is when the doctor is realizing mm-hmm. when Sir Robert's father and Prince Albert were like you know, and the doctor realized, oh, they were probably having hypothetical chats about mm-hmm. werewolves because they was they always shared stories about it. Why did they they then go and put mistletoe in the room, within the wood. In the varnish, yeah. It's, I mean, and you made, a, not a telescope, but, you know, a uh, a light retractor or whatever it is, like a, yeah. whatever, it, whatever it's called. You're doing, going through all that effort for a hypothetical thing that you don't even know exists. But also, how did you know that a mistletoe can defeat a werewolf? To me, this wasn't well explained, or maybe I'm being dense. No, I mean, I, I'm not 100%, to be honest, because there's a lot of people talking about things that happened in the past in thick Scottish accents in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm sort of only really half listening to. Uh, I'd assume that maybe they'd read something in the same book, which is obviously why they... Yes, oh yeah, yeah. ...mistletoed off the library, so other people, namely Victoria, with whoever she was with, could read in the library and be protected. Yeah. Didn't think about taking out the skylight, though, did they? God. Foolish. But aesthetic choices, you know? But I'm not 100% sure about how they knew. I'm sure they probably do say it in the episode, and I'm sure there's someone screaming down their phone yeah, saying, going, oh my God, I can't believe you missed that. Well, the truth is, I don't care. <laughs> no, but genuinely, I've had it where I'm listening to a podcast and they're talking about something like that, and you're just sitting there going, no, it's this, you moron! So I get it. Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand, and I can empathise, but also, I was watching this to have a fun, silly, goofy time to talk to my little friend here. Yeah, exactly. And don't mansplain the episode to me. 
Speaking of the wolf, because you know that's a thing in this episode. Kind of a thing, kind of a big deal. One bit I really love, because any reference to the bad wolf, I fucking eat mm. up like cereal in the morning. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. When the guy in the cage says to Rose, there's something of the wolf about you, I was like, oh, yes. I got chills. I got chills. I was like, oh, that's such a good line, isn't it? There's something of the wolf about you. You burned in the sun, but I only require the moon. Russell, babe, babe, babe. Babe, can you write my wedding vows in the future? And I love that she's just like, I don't know what you mean. Shut up. Uh, what? Uh, the wolf? Uh, go away. Uh. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Tell you. <laughs> also, as well, genuinely frightening scenes in this episode. Inspired werewolf design. A good pathos. Liked it a lot. Good. Maybe I maybe I enjoyed it enough when you find out you're racing. Who knows? But that the werewolf wants to become the queen of the UK is it's incredibly camp as an idea. And it's very good. It's amazing that the rest of this episode manages to play that idea. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's so straight. It's great. I think. Do you know what I like about this episode as well? Is that it's it's half like really camp boomtown energy, <laughs> but then you've got that serious Doctor Who episode element as well. It's kind of a the marriage of the two, and I think it does it really well. I really like it. I think that's the series two watchword as well. Series two really ramps up the horror stuff. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Something I want to go back to that you <laughs> mentioned is Tenant. Licking the wall. Yes. We love. I I love that it just. Ev any right. When tenant is given the opportunity, when ten, and tenant is given the opportunity, he will just lick everything and anything, touch it, taste it, feel it, using all those senses. He's a sensory guy. He's so sensory, as we said in the last episode. He does a lot of odd, not catchphrase things, but things that become staples of his character going forward in this episode. Yes. Like licking the wood. Even though, of course, he licked the blood in the Christmas invasion. Yes, I'm aware. Out of context, babe. That was just... That sounds hilarious. <laughs> but he also... Something which I'm pretty sure then appears in the two-parter Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Ten running around a lot, shouting, bullets can't stop it. Oh, yeah, he does do that a lot, you know. Because he says it about the werewolf. Obviously, true, bullets can't stop him. But I'm pretty sure he does say that about a Cyberman. And I don't he says know... it a few times. Yeah. Because I think, and don't quote me on this, it's in one of the next... I'm pretty sure it's in one of the next time trailers for... It's either in the next time trailer for the episode preceding Rise of Cybermen or in the one preceding Age of Steel. But you know what? Here's the guy. Bullets can't stop it. Yeah, and that one bloke didn't think about that and then got picked off. From the rafters. Oh, oh yeah. I, I thought you were about to at my man, but you didn't. You were at the other guy. No, 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 no. He was doing something very noble. But there's that one who's like, I'll not sleep tonight without that terrible beastie's hide on my wall. And then <laughs> gets killed. Then gets killed. Not gonna lie, he had gusto. He had he had vim, and I really appreciate full of beans. <laughs> he is full of beans. Full of beans. <laughs> I love that saying. I want to hear David Tennant saying it though. <laughs> I do. Basically, if if you don't know, we're referring to a quote that David Tennant because someone asked David Tennant about Shooty Gower, and he basically said, "You know, he's full of beans." 
And I just think that's lovely. (laughs) Yeah, I I sent it to Downward, like, this is really wholesome, and I'm pretty sure she just sent me back the phrase, full of beans in capital letters. Full (laughs) of actual legumes. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Jeez. Um, It's been a long day. Um, (laughs) Another thing I liked. Mm-hmm. Rose, rosing. Now, what that means is, Rose in series two, like we've said before, she has way more urgency in this series. She has way more. Um, she takes she takes charge a lot more. You know, she's really she knows what she's doing now. She's been around the block. She's been around the time vortex. She's in. You know, she's ingested the time vortex. She knows what's going on, and I just love that when she's in that. Um, in that the basement bit with everyone and she's like don't look at him paul come on we have to get out of here and they're like we can't miss because the brethren told us not to and then she's like i don't give a flying shit what they said grab that chain and pull woman it's great so good verbatim obviously what i just said that's exactly what she said yeah that's how it's written yeah, yeah. um but then also on top of that when i say she was rosing in the episode rose was rosing you know, that little bit with her and Flora was so sweet. I mean, I love when yeah. Rose has a little girly pop moment with someone. Yeah, it's just like, don't worry, it's fine. More people are here now. i got a friend who's called the Doctor, he's going to help you. It's always that. Like, I've got a friend who's called the Doctor, he'll know what to do. Yeah, but just calm down, sweetie. And like, it's going to be okay, I promise. And it's like, literally, the world could be ending and Billy Piper could take my hand and go, it's going to be okay, I promise. And I'd be like, but Billy... There's literal fire outside my window. She'd be like, it's fine. And I'd be like, do you know what? You're so right. Oh, yeah. I'm instantly calm. <laughs> but also, if Billy Piper did take my hand, I probably would have died of shock. So, Yeah, that's true. So, a fun fact, something that does not need to be raised within the confines of a 45-minute episode of Doctor Who. Something that we don't even need to talk about in detail. But I had to get it off my chest. Just to remind us to anybody who's listening to this and has seen the episode. Uh, the Conor Diamond is bathed in the blood of innocent people. Uh, stolen by the East India Company from the Maharaja during the annexation of the Punjab, should be given back to the Indians, especially now that Queen Elizabeth has died. It's currently in, in trenched in the crown of the dead Queen Mum and is part of our despicable crown jewels and should be returned to the people where it belonged. I as soon as, as soon as he said Koenor, I was like, oh, that's a massive fuck off stolen diamond. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's so, so it's in the crown jewels right now. Yeah, yeah, it's in the yeah, it's part of the crown jewels. It's in the Queen Mother's crown. Oh. Yeah. Genuine, genuinely the biggest diamond on the planet. But yes, Ellie, I'm glad you brought that up. I absolutely second that. Absolutely second yeah. that. Yeah. Fuck the East India Company. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. Re- return all stolen items to the native peoples. Do you know how cheap that flipping prop looks? It looks like a <laughs> yeah. paperweight you get from like the pound shop. I don't know. It just looks so bad. Yeah, like one of those ones that um, sits on a desk. And you can put pens in it. Yeah, that's it. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how you're supposed to make a fake diamond real. You can't. But like, it, they didn't even try. It looks awful. It does. So awful. I love it. It's great. But yeah, it's interesting because obviously it's used as a, it was part of that telescope. I'm going to call it the telescope. I'm just going to call it the telescope. Also, yeah. the design of that telescope is fucking stunning. Yeah, and also the effects don't hold up too badly. No, not too bad, not at all. No. But yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a light refractor, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's it. So I like, yeah, I like the moment when they're using it, and Rose is like, "But the creature's made of moonlight. How's this gonna kill it?" The dog's like, "Well, it's seventy percent water. You know, you can still drown. It's very good." I hadn't thought of it like that. It's actually so true because sometimes you know when some people someone has to tell you and contextualize what you're saying, and you're like, "Oh wow, I'm an idiot." God. Can't believe it. I can't. Adam and Eve it. <laughs> oh, governor. <laughs> I shall proceed of the apples and pears. You know, you know, at the start when Rose is like mimicking, the first time she's like, we are not amused. I was like, oh, Cassandra voice is back for a second. <laughs> that was great. This whole, I think this whole podcast with our amount of takes we do on things sometimes is the equivalent of, did you ever, did you ever watch the Lego movie? No, when I want to. Oh, there's a a scene when Lego Batman's trying to do something, and I won't tell you you what it is or the context. He's doing it, and it takes him 
a comedically long amount of goes, and he's making a series of ridiculous grunting noises as doing it, sort of going, and then finally does it after like a minute of trying, and he just goes, ha, first try. Yeah. And that is that is this podcast. It really is this podcast. That show. It takes 10, 10 minutes to get one point out and just go, ha, first try. <laughs> first try. First try. I'll send you the cliff. It's good. Bees. Sorry. Just do <laughs> my will on it. Voices now. Something I quite enjoy, actually. Mm-hmm. We find out the origins of Torchwood and how it was created. Very interesting origins as well. Very interesting origins. Because do you know what's a serve? Knighting someone and then banishing them. And no one, no one talks enough about the fact that the Doctor is a sir and Rose is a dame. She's Dame Rose Tyler of the Powell Estate. Dame Rose Tyler of the Powell fucking Estate. No one mess with my girl yet. I will not. Don't make me come over there. But no, it's it's genuinely it's a great moment, and it's and then again, it's something I like about this episode. Is you think they get their heroic resolution, but she banishes them. Yeah. They leave the Torchwood Estate. And they get in the TARDIS, and they have the little wrap-up that should be the end of the episode with the TARDIS taking off, but we come back to do more. Yeah. She's like, it's a little um, pre-Avengers-Avengers, sort of you know. I'm putting together a team. It is. It's very like, I'm going to call it Tortured. But of course, the thing is, you're watching it with the context of knowing the Tortured spin-off and what Tortured does in the series. But at the time, you'd be like, okay, what the fuck's Tortured? Exactly. It's, obviously, it comes into play a few times in the series. It's it's great. I think I do like the origins because it is. Me too. It makes sense. I'm kind of glad because obviously the Doctor doesn't have a good track record with female monarchs at this point. Mm. Like nearly crashed the Titanic into Buckingham Palace. I mean, she she did wave and say thank you, Doctor, Merry Christmas, which to this day makes me cackle. Um, you know, marry. At least didn't at least didn't try and shake this one. This is true. Yeah, married Queen Elizabeth the second and then left her after getting married do you know what i'm really i'm really annoyed that he didn't get shot by an arrow because fuck him for that how dare you leave lizzie like that very rude and then now queen victoria like he's majorly pissed off queen victoria like he really doesn't have a good track record with with you know female monarchs you know no he does not except for queen elizabeth ii in the beast below or Queen Elizabeth III, whatever number she is, sorry. I'm not ready to talk about her because... I uh, actually really like Beast Below. I have so many, so many, so many thoughts and feelings about the Beast Below. Like, too many. So good. <laughs> well, I don't have much to say other than Rose very clearly has learnt from her mother because in a very similar cadence to I'm going to get killed by a Christmas tree, Rose screams, Oh my God, they're werewolves! It's grey, and then they, they both go, Ow! at the end Ooh, yeah it's so good uh, speaking of um jackie i really like how they mentioned jackie and i was like you know my my mum would i did you know, uh, fight for this I ro- diamond i did wrote it down where um uh yeah rose says good job my mom's not here she'd fight she'd fight the wolf off with her bare hands to get at that and then the doctor says and she'd win yeah <laughs> and she would win because she's jackie Which tyler true more Jackie Tyler, please. I just honestly think this episode as a whole, right? Genuinely, really interesting. I mean, I really like when they take in Doctor Who when they take actual things that are like in our general kind of psyche as people, and like you know, like werewolves and like something like that. Mm-hmm. Still waiting for an episode. Statues, ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm still waiting on a good episode about mermaids. I'm holding out. Um, yeah, that'd be good. But, it's yeah, I love that kind of thing. And I like that they did such an interesting take on it. I do think the actual alien element of the werewolf could have been explored a lot more. Yeah, and I always would have preferred if it's just a werewolf. Just, why not? Just have that it actual, be, actual folklore. That would be... That would have been preferred, I'll be honest. Um, I will say another thing. As always, this episode would not be what it is without Murray Gold. It really wouldn't. It the the score in this episode, everything is so perfectly placed. It just heightens everything. 
like I was watching a little bit of Confidential actually and I looked at a clip from when they're filming the bit where Rose is trying to get everyone to pull on the chain to release them and it's so deafeningly silent and so undramatic when they're shooting it that you realise what some a good score and a good bit of editing can really do. So once again, always respect your crew on a film. One last thing, very random, but I really liked uh, how the women banded together to... Yeah, I, I liked the lady of the house. I liked that she and her girls, her girlies, were just like... I don't know, I really liked the unity that they had. It was really, really sweet. Um, and I really, really liked that. And also that they, you know, took the mistletoe and they actually did something with it. Like, well done. Yeah. But also, if you are a monk and you're hatching a hundred-year-long plan to get a wolf to try and kill the monarch of country so you can have a wolf empire, even if you think you've entrapped in, in all the help of the staff in the entire house. Yeah. So first of all, why didn't you do a head count? You should have realised there's one missing. But even if you think you've done that, don't leave your mistletoe lying around. No. Bit bit thick. Bit thick. Also, where did you get all that mistletoe? We're going to leave some mistletoe lying around. We know it helps, but uh, you might as well have just left a big silver bullet. Yeah, what's wrong with you? At the end, when the wolf is actually, you know, caught and like... You know, the, uh, the the man is turned back into a man. You know, he's no longer a wolf. The fact that he's just like, let me go. I want to Yeah, I it's nice, nice, nice little moment. It's a nice little moment, uh, even though the effects are... <laughs> but, you know, I think that the actor who plays the wolf, Tom Smith, is excellent in this episode. He has amazing physicality, amazing... Like, everything he says, he really knows how to embody a character and a creature. Like, he is fantastic. Like, he was so good in this episode. Well, then, like the inverse of a Christmas present, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Wrong episode, babe. That was... That was two weeks ago. Come on. It's because I'm thinking you at the runaway bride. Oh... Santa's a robot. Santa's a robot. Anyway. Anyways. Wrapping up then, if you're unaware, what we like to do on this podcast is we like to go through our favourite moment, our least favourite moment, our favourite quote, and our most doctory moment, what we think was the most doctory moment for the Doctor in the episode. So, darling, I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. What was your favourite moment? Favourite moment for me, stand-up moment, and we haven't covered it. This is a very, very brief scene. It's after the armed, bravado, toxic masculinity men shoot the werewolf yeah. and claim that it's dead. As they run away, there's a scene, I think it might just be before they go into the library, and Ten just stares the werewolf down for about five seconds. They have like a little little standoff. I know he's away in the corridor, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's very, very broody, very tense. And I really like it. It's just, I don't know, it's the, one of those things, I was watching the episode and it just gave me a little sprinkling of flavour. Like, oh, Ooh. I like that, yeah. A little essence, a little bit of zest. Yeah, it's like, ooh. A little bit of spice. Get your um, teeth into that, yeah. I really like the mid shot of his face. It's really well lit with like the blue in the background. It actually almost looks like he's not even in a corridor. It's actually quite, yeah, it's quite, there's some really good shots in this episode, actually. I have to give that to you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Thank you. But what's your... Favourite moment? My favourite moment is when they're in the mistletoe room. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, and they're all looking through the books. And it's like, so when they first, like when the wolf is on the other side of the wall. Great shot, by the way. Still a great shot. When the doctor leans in on the wall and you can see the werewolf on the other side. It's like a lovely tracking shot. And then you see the wolf. And then, you know, they're talking about books being the greatest weapons, which is true. All of that bit in that room is my favourite. It's my standout moment, for sure. So why do they pick that shot to that mirror in Doomsday? What did I say to you? I'm not ready to talk about that episode yet. No. I just think it's interesting. That Don't ever want to hear it until the episode. Odd... I may not even do the recording. You may have to do that one on your own. I'd be, uh, I'd be fine with that if everybody at home is. <laughs> I'm joking, but like, genuinely... I'd be sad, but I think I could wing it. Genuinely, 
just traumatizing. Um, so least favorite moment. Oh, it's the fucking monks right at the start. Yeah. Really. Right up top. Sets up a sour taste for what is otherwise pretty good episode. Yeah. What about you, sweetie? For me, I would say that as well, but for the sake of being different, I'm oh, going to... You're such s- a pick-me. Oh, my God. I'm such a pick-me. Honestly, wow. Uh, so, my least favourite moment... I kind of have two. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's also the monk thing. I have to say it, because I, I genuinely... Not the bit at the start, though. Just in general, I do find them to be very, very weak. Uh, they don't have a lot of logic behind what they're doing. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to go and poison the guards. And, oh, I mean, the guards are fucking dumb for drinking that stuff. Like, why are you trusting these random people? Um, and the the idea of there being some kind of, like, crazed religious order that is hell-bent on having a werewolf become de facto leader of the United Kingdom... Good idea. It could be really broody and gothic, but they are monks who do flippy doos and kung fu. Exactly, flippy doos. That's a technical term. Um, but yeah, no, I think the monks, just as a collective, not giving. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is when the soldiers faint after drinking that drink, those extras really said, no, nah, I'm not being paid enough. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. Because when they fainted, Oh my god, it was laughing. Literally, one guy drank it and went, ugh. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> so, what's your favourite quote then? Favourite quote? Well, I think I had a couple because it's very funny, but easy pick for me. Right at the start. 1979, what a year. China invades Vietnam, the Muppet movie. Love that film. And Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> As anyone's Great. response to Margaret Thatcher should be. Yes. Can't believe they got away broadcasting that. Say, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's quite openly hostile towards a woman who, at that point, was still alive. I forgot she still would have been alive. What is your favourite quote? My favourite quote is something Queen Victoria says. If I seem close to the mic, it's because I am, because I'm reading from my phone. Um, you ready? That's the charm of a ghost story, isn't it? The scares and the chills... That's just for the children, but the hope of some contact with the great beyond. We all want some message from that place. It's the creator's greatest mystery that we're allowed no such consolation. The dead stay silent and we must wait. Come, begin your tale, Sir Robert. There is a chilling in the air. The wind is howling through the eaves. Tell us of monsters. Did I just butcher that quote? I absolutely did because I can't fucking read. But it's lovely though. Beautiful, beautifully written, Russell, as always. You see, Doctor, it's not merely a wolf. The legend of a man becomes a wolf. A werewolf. Oh, I love the way he says it. It's great. So then, what is the most Doctory moment? Because there's quite a few, I feel like. There are so many, but for me, uncontested most Doctory moment is the Doctor just fucking ripping into Sir Robert's telescope. Yeah, that's quite good. That's quite good. Like, this, is, this is rubbish. How many prisons has this got? It's awful. So like, am I being rude again? And Rose is like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because it's nice. I love that he's fascinated by it. Very lovely. And then he just rips it to shreds before realising that he's probably being very mean. What about you? What is your most doctorly moment? Mine is quite easy. I feel like it's the moment when, you know, the doctor's broken in, has helped save all these people because obviously Rose got them all out, but then he's coming in to save them. A massive fuck-off werewolf is standing in front of him and he goes, that is beautiful. (laughs) There's a time and a place, babe, but he will always, always... Well, the Doctor will always take a moment to appreciate a a life form that he's not seen before. It's a a great moment. That's the most Doctory thing for me, without a doubt. Hard not to agree. But overall, what would you rate the episode out of five? You don't do out of tens. We always do out of five. fives. So for me personally, I re- I did really like this episode. It's not one of my faves from this series, though. Mm-hmm. Or in Doctor Who in general. It's, you know, it's a really strong episode. So for that reason, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. What about you? Let's see if I'm trying to, trying to stick... I was trying to stick to my strict inbuilt rule 
of not doing point fives. But I always they... do it. Screw it. I know, but only because they often seem arbitrary, dear listener. However, I think it isn't quite a four, but a three does sound very mean. So I think it's it's got to be a three point five. Yeah, we got you to do a point five. Woo! Two point five. That was not. That's not two point five because as we all, I'd always do two point five because it's half marks. But yeah, no, I I think it's a it's a it's a three and a half. It's a, it's a comfort watch. I could go and watch it quite happily. But yeah, it's never going to be one of my favourites. It's not a comfort watch for me. It's one of the ones that like oh, if I'm rewatching the show. Sometimes I, you know, like if you're rewatching the show, as I'm sure most of you do who are listening, sometimes I don't always watch every episode. Because sometimes I do a rewatch where I will not skip a single episode. I go from start to finish. But then there's some rewatches where I'm like, oh, I could skip that episode. This one I wouldn't. I always watch. No, I guess I mean like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't return to the DVD shelf and be like, oh, I need to watch Tooth and Claw. Yeah, exactly. But- I would, if I was just in the mood to watch a bunch of Doctor Who episodes, I could very easily put on Tooth and Claw, or I could forget about it, and then I'd watch it again, and I'd go, God, why don't I watch Tooth and Claw more often? This is really yeah, fun. you've hit the yeah. nail on the head. That's exactly it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Boom. <laughs> Button. So, for some reason, very viscerally then, as I said, boom. I said in the exact way that Vernon Dursley in The Philosopher's Stone bangs on the Python window in London Zoo and goes... Move! <laughs> move! <laughs> why, why, why won't he move, Daddy? Move! <laughs> but there we have it. The curtains bloody come down on another episode of Come Along Pond, the Doctor Who Discussion Podcast. Yep. It's been great, if I do say so myself. Yep. Chaos, lovely, as Beautiful, horrible, nasty bisexual chaos. It's been yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> um... But I was going to say as usual, but not as usual, because it's a little bit revamped. As usual, you can follow us on TikTok. We're at Come Along Partner Podcast. I feel like that's going to be the main source of any people engaging with us. Please come and have fun with us there. So much joy to be had. So many silly clips, stories, down to ranking the Doctors, me trying to work out how to rank the Doctors, but saving it in drafts because I don't know how TikToks work. I will get back on top of it. I promise you will see me on there at some point, but I don't know how it works because I'm 90... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we also now have a Patreon We have literally set the first tier At the lowest that Patreon will allow Which is £3 For £3 you can get your name shouted out on the show And you can feel like you're contributing But please, please don't feel like you have to You can contribute to the show Literally just by listening to this You're doing us a massive favour We really appreciate it We really do, yeah uh, And it's through that I mean, that we've been able to go very quickly to having 200 solid listeners on Spotify. And excitingly, we have now ranked number 11 in Spotify's top TV and film podcast charts in the UK, which is, I mean, so wonderful, so exciting. As of and the week, we as, as we're recording now this week, yeah. I, literally as we're recording. Who knows when this comes out? Who knows where we could be? Honestly, though, that was, even to some people, that may not be a big thing, but even being considered among some podcasts like, Brett Goldstein's podcast that I love, you know, films to be buried with, um, Mark and Simon's podcast, you know, Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo, like, you know what I mean? Like we're in the top 11 along with those people. That is quite surreal. And this will be a moment I won't forget. I'm not going to lie. And it's the same with 200 listeners. People might think 200 listeners, it's not very many, but the fact that there are 200 people who genuinely want to listen to this podcast is very humbling, and we appreciate every single one of you who do. If you enjoy this podcast, if you have comments, questions, queries, you can get in contact with us. We are at comealongpondpod at gmail.com. If you send us an email, we will read it out at the start of the show, though you don't have to have your name included, and you don't have to have your email read out. Just say, just say, I don't want my email read out. We won't do it. It's absolutely fine. You can follow us on Twitter at comealongponddw, and you can also follow us on Instagram at comealongpondpodcast. We post our TikToks over there. We post little stories and everything when the episodes go up. So that's the place definitely to stay when you want to know when an episode's coming out. However, it's every Tuesday, so you can't really miss it. Yeah. I think with that, we don't have anything else to say. I think that's it, my love. I do, I think that's it. So it's been lovely talking to you, as always. And you. And, Damage, did you know something? What? 
Well, I just was thinking about it throughout the episode. Um, and uh, actually, I used to be a werewolf, but I'm all right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye Bye-bye now. Now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Santa's a werewolf. <laughs>